Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early stage entrepreneurs to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Hey there. Today we are chatting with Sydney Golden, who is the founder and CEO of URGolden.com. And URGolden is a platform that allows for real time connection between consumers and photographers for those photographers to provide kind of real life shots of moments in their life. Uh, So these are unedited photos, very different from what you would typically get from uh, traditional photography experience. And uh, Sydney does a great job of explaining kind of why this business model, why why they need to be different and how that's going to allow them to win in the marketplace. So you'll hear that in the podcast. We also spend a little bit of time talking about what it's like to be a solo founder, trying to grow and scale a a company as a side hustle. We spend a fair bit of time on that and we cover a a handful of other topics. I really really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you will as well. Find Sydney on Instagram, give her a shout out, tell her you appreciate her coming on the podcast and thank you so much for listening. If you happen to be looking for a way to ignite your brand, spark some sales, or maybe just fire up your team, branded merchandise might be the way to do that. You can learn more about different items that are available to put your logo on at fuelmerchandise.com. It can be simple startup swag, corporate gifts, anything you're looking for. You can find it at fuelmerchandise.com. Mention startup competitors, get 10% off your first order. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have Sydney Golden, who's the founder and CEO of UR Golden. Sydney, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you. Why don't we start with a quick pitch for UR Golden? Yeah, so we're the first ever photographer on-demand platform for unedited photos. And our goal is to make it fast, easy, and affordable to hire a local pre-vetted photographer. You can put your phone down, be present, and our pros take the place of your phone. Talk to me a little bit about my, so I'm assuming it's a, it's a, is it, maybe I'll start here. Is it a two-sided marketplace? You're sourcing both photographers and customers, or you are providing all of the photographers? Yeah. So it is a two-sided marketplace. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's a really interesting two-sided marketplace, but right. So we have a pool of pre-vetted photographers in this kind of most or minimum viable product right now. I've pre-vetted a pool of photographers at the stage right right now, they're already on the platform, ready to take orders. Customers sign up, tell us who, what, when, where, and they get matched with a photographer for their job and their budget. So their order is going to come in. It's going to go to the pool of photographers. People are going to accept it or decline it. There's really no back and forth. All the information's on the order form. The photographer shows up fly on the wall type of photographer. You're not really even supposed to know they're there. They capture the candid moments, let people kind of be authentic and capture the fun and the atmosphere. Of course, they'll do some posed photos if that's what the client wants. But the goal is to really just let people live their lives and us get those candid moments for them. And then within 24 hours, we deliver an gallery of unedited photos. So it's they're high quality, 
unedited photos delivered within 24 hours and the customer has already paid up front. So there's no hidden fees. There's no additional costs for these photos. You get approximately 50 photos per hour of, you know, if you order us for an hour, you're going to get about 50 unedited photos and the customer owns them and they can do what they want with them. Before I have a bunch of questions, before we jump into those, why don't you hit me with current status for the business? What markets are you live in? So this could be anything you want to share, but could be number of jobs that have been done, what markets you're live in, funds raised, revenue, size of the team, anything that will help paint a picture for somebody who's listening, what the status of the company is overall. Yeah, great. Okay, so so currently I have 20 freelance photographers that work for me. We are still validating this MVP. And I'm actually, you know, so we're so we're up and running and we're live and we're in Denver only. And as I mentioned a few times, this minimal minimum viable product we have is kind of level one where where it's a web-based product. I've pre-vetted the photographers to make it as easy as possible for me to just do customer acquisition and, and fulfill orders. So that's kind of where we're at with the MVP. The goal is to build an app, to make it truly on demand. Right now, we ask for about 72-hour turnaround time. So again, with this MVP, is not really where the final product's going to be, right? So ideally, we this turns into an app. It's very on demand. So if people are like in the backyard and they're having this Broncos party and they're carving pumpkins and they're like, this is fun. And we're going to be here for another few hours. Let's get someone to come out here. You know, that's the goal. And then we do, you know, hyper-focused in Denver. And then final would be to scale it to cities all over the country. Got it. Thank you. So when you're describing the product initially, you said unedited a lot. Uh, which made me think that might be an important part of um, of the pitch. So talk to me a little bit about that. Why is that important? Yeah, well, so maybe what is what I should do first is clarify kind of what the traditional photography model looks like now. That'd just in great. case some people don't know. And then, some some people meaning me. So that would be good. <laughs> yep. Right. And then and then I'll reiterate what we do and you can you can kind of see the difference here. So traditional photography right now, people think of hiring a professional photographer for weddings, newborns, family photos, right? These very staged matching outfits, putting the baby in certain poses, right? Directed photo shoots. You have to find a photographer. How do you find that photographer? Word of mouth, Google, you're not even sure really where to start to find a photographer and you have to go through and reach out individually. Photographers are creatives. They're not always business people. So you may hear back from them. You may not. It's going to be varying prices. It's subjective. So someone could charge you $500 an hour. Someone could charge you $100 an hour. So, you know, so there's this stigma around what you hire a photographer for. There's this very cumbersome process of trying to find a photographer and hiring one and contracts and pricing. Then once the the photo session happens, again, it's very directed. It's posed, very formal. 
then, you know, with the approximately, you know, this could vary two weeks, three weeks to two months, three months, you are going to receive a select amount of photos from your photographer that have been edited and the only ones they want you to see. So a photographer takes approximately 100 photos an hour. If you do a two-hour photo shoot with them for your family photo Christmas card, they might give you, a month later, they might give you 20 to choose from that they've edited and that they like the best for you. Then from there, you have to pay an additional fee. So you're paying upfront an hourly rate for their time. But then on the back end, you're paying for edited photos because that's an, that's a part of the work too. And so I'm not, none of this, what I'm saying is, is bad. This is just how it currently works. Right. So, so that's what like traditional photography looks like. The problem is we live in an on-demand world. And the problem is we're addicted to our cell phones and using our cell phones for everything. And we have a cell phone addiction problem. So the issue is we want to capture photos and and document our lives because we're creating and consuming visual content at a rate that's alarming. But the only option we have right now is to use our cell phones. There's no... like What I just described does not work if I'm having a party for my kid in the backyard and we want someone to take photos because mom doesn't want to be the one behind the camera the entire time. Mom wants to be in the photos and not worry about taking the photos. So your golden is the solution because we have this, these consumer behaviors that are on demand, instant gratification, you know, coupled with the amount that we're using our cell phones in an unhealthy way. And it just, traditional photography doesn't match our customer behaviors. So your golden matches that. Your golden brings photography to the current times. It makes it on demand. It makes it affordable, upfront, easy to access, no negotiating, no searching, and just people being able to put their phones down and document them and get the great photos they want, the candid photos, the unposed photos. And so unedited is important in that because the editing process takes a really long time for the photographers. And so we say, because we're replacing your phone and you don't get edits on your phone, we're going to deliver unedited photos in 24 hours. So these aren't going to be, you know, lighting's not going to be fixed. Shadows, you know, these aren't going to be like, perfect edited photos, but that's kind of the point because you're not getting those on your phone and your golden believes in unediting. We don't believe in like just showing your best totally posed photos, right? Like we want those candid, authentic photos and the customer owns them. And in the traditional business model, the photographer owns the images, which is crazy. And so I'm sorry, the customer owns them in the your golden model. So I think kind of telling you what the traditional one is versus like what we're doing really helps and why unedited photos in 24 hours is is really meaningful. Yeah, no, that that's great. When you think of competitors for on-demand photography, who or what come to mind? Yeah, so this is an interesting question and I get asked a lot. I get this question a lot, which makes sense. There are photographer on-demand platforms. Not many of them, but there are some of them. 
most of them, what they're doing is either, you know, you're paying for a studio session. So like if I have a new product and I need, you know, this white background and white desk and a succulent and, you know, like I need a place to, to put my product and get these images, you know, I can book instantly into a photo studio, right? Right. Or I can book quote unquote instantly on these other demand photography on demand apps, but they are still for weddings, babies, families, engagement photos. They're still, they're booking these on demand for those traditional photo shoots and they're not delivering unedited photos in 24 hours. So there's really nothing like your golden right now. I, my biggest competitor is really our cell phones, like is really getting people to understand the importance of putting their cell phone down and like living their life in real time and not worrying about getting that perfectly posed photo. Talk to me about, so um, you, you already mentioned this a little bit. You went out and acquired the for MVP. You went out and found eleven photographers, vetted them, got them on the platform, so you could start running the MVP. Talk to me a little bit about how you're thinking about customer acquisition in this in this world. Both both kind of maybe initially in Denver, and then and then how that scales, and then maybe after that we can talk a little bit about photographer acquisition because I'm I'm super interested in how you get that. So there's the customer messaging, which you you seem to be very, very crisp about, right? In terms of this is replacing you behind your camera at an event, which I, I love that I very quickly can see where that fits in my life and, and in my family's life. And, and that creates a, a nice call to action. But then on, I imagine then there's potentially an education problem on the photographer side where you're, you're introducing a, a whole new kind of thing to them that they're not used to. So I, I'd love maybe talk a little bit about one side of the marketplace first, and then we can go to the other. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So the customer, you know, it's interesting. We're taking, there's really no official stat on this, but we're taking 3 billion photos per day on our cell phones collectively. And so we all know the death of a product is marketing to everyone. In theory, anyone who has a cell phone and is taking photos could be our client, right? But that we know that's not smart. So my client right now, who's my ideal client, is a woman between 25 and 40. And getting her to use us, you know, a few times a year. So whether she just, you know, maybe for the proposal, and then maybe it's for a wedding shower party, or maybe it's for her bachelorette party or right. So it's like, she has these kind of milestone moments or it's a mom. She just got pregnant and now she's going to do a gender reveal party. And then she's going to have her baby shower. And then it's going to be her one month birthday. And she wants us to come. So like, there's these, these, what I'm calling milestone moments that really makes sense for us because you're not going to hire a traditional photographer at that cost. And that whole cumbersome process, but you want to be in the moment. You don't want to worry about having your phone out the entire time. So that's who, you know, we also are targeting young professionals making about 75 K plus 
who you know spend time on social media, who are doing outdoor activities, who have a side hustle and maybe create a lot of content for a website. Those are our two my two targets right now. But as we move forward in the MVP, you know, we'll see how that goes. We're still testing our niches and and seeing what works. And then what does it mean to target them today? Is that paid search? Is that promoted content on social media? How are you getting in front of them? This might be a pass question. I'm, I, I want to talk about it. I want to answer it, but I don't know if it's going to be super interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the ch- A challenge for me right now is I'm a solo entrepreneur working a full-time job, b- bootstrapping, fully self-funding. So pre-COVID, I was networking nonstop. And I was getting business development and seeing these kind of clients come in, repeat clients come in like these orders that I just taught or these customers I just talked about. Right. Right now, since COVID, you know, I'm not really getting in front of my customers as much as I need to or want to. I took a lot of time off to kind of rebuild the website, rebuild the back end, you know, start a newsletter, like these kind of things. So I really need to get back into figuring out how I am going to target these customers. Well, you may think that's an uninteresting answer. I would say my suspicion is a very large percentage of the people who are listening to this podcast are working a full-time job, thinking about launching a side hustle or are in the process of doing it. They're probably bootstrapping. They're not venture-backed. It's... Like so, I I think that pain that that you feel trying to do that is very much pain that I think a lot of a lot of people would feel and and can probably really appreciate the the challenge of doing that. Outside of customer acquisition, how else has COVID kind of impacted since since we're we're there? How how else has that impacted things? COVID's really really interesting for your golden. So initially, you know, events were were really a no brainer for us. Not necessarily like corporate events, but, you know, just parties of any kind. But with COVID, we've switched. And like I said, I'm more like milestone moments and and celebrations that, you know, are COVID safe. But friends and family are still doing anyway, like birthdays or a proposal or an anniversary or things like that. So we're, we're shifting away from kind of like big group gatherings where I'm, I'm not um, maybe approaching event planners and local bars and restaurants. And I'm more trying to go after, you know, people doing their milestone moments. And as I mentioned previously, kind of trying to get them for one and then bring them back for a few times a year. So COVID's, of course it's, it's had an impact, but to me, it's not, uh, deterring me in any way. And in a weird way, it's actually helping. So when you think about COVID and, and some messaging that's coming out of COVID as we live through this and move through this, it's phrases like screen fatigue. It's phrases like social disconnection, you know, isolation. People are sick of scrolling. People are sick of looking at their phones. So COVID has actually kind of brought to the surface this message that your Golden's been saying for a while, 
where it's like, we all need to put our phones down. We want reasons to forget to check our phones. And I think COVID's bringing that to the surface. You know, COVID's making people realize like, oh my gosh, I'm sick of staring at a screen all the time. I'm sick of scrolling through social media. I just want to put my phone down. So in an interesting way, I actually think we have a really unique opportunity with COVID. Nice. Shall we talk the photographer side? Yeah, that's where I was just going to go next, please. Yeah, great. And I'm so glad we're touching on this because not a lot of people ask me about the photographer side. So a year ago, I started getting the pool of photographers together, just knowing in this MVP was going to be really hard to onboard photographers as I'm trying to also gain customers. So I just wanted this pool of photographers that wasn't too big where they weren't getting enough jobs to stay interested, but wasn't too small where a job wouldn't, you know, where a job would go unaccepted. Yeah. So when I, when I started reaching out to photographers, I met with them in person at that time. And a lot of them said, you know, this isn't what we do. We never do this. There were a lot of absolutes. Like we always edit photos. I would never deliver unedited photos to a customer. Like, I just don't do this. And, and so I heard that. And so interestingly enough to me, that actually fueled my fire. I was like, if this is, if they're telling me they don't do this and no one does this, that means no one's doing this. That means I have an idea that no one's doing right now. And that was exciting to me. And that's like where my passion came in. Right. You, you found the white space in the market. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people might say, oh, I'm getting a lot of no's. This is a bad, this is bad. But I'm like, no, I'm getting no's. This is great. <laughs> so, but then I talked to photographers who were like, oh, heck yeah. Uh, makes sense. No brainer. And yes, I want to make extra cash quick on the side. Why not? So it's, it's free for photographers to have a profile. It's free for them to accept or decline jobs. It's free for them to take the job. Like I don't charge them anything to be on the platform. The business model is 80-20. They make 80%. I make 20%. They, there's no downside in it to them. They don't have to accept a job. If it works for their time and, and they want to accept it, they can. So it's really like there's no risk in it at all. And, and getting back to that two-sided marketplace, what's so exciting about this is because of that, those absolutes, because never deliver at unedited photos, you know, always send edited photos, things like this, right? That's going to deter photographers from handing a card out to a customer. The customer might say, hey, can you, can you do the same thing for my kid's birthday party? The issue is that photographer is kind of protected under your golden. So they can still have their wedding business, engagement, families, babies, and they can still charge their crazy expensive rate for that and do your golden because they're protected because nobody knows it's Joe photographer delivering these 50 unedited photos. They come from your golden. And so the photographer doesn't really, if, if someone says, Hey, oh my gosh, you did a great job at my cousin's birthday and I'm getting married in six months and I'd love for you to do my wedding. Great. That makes me happy. We don't want weddings. Exchange information galore. The good news is photographers don't want to start 
devaluing their product. They don't want to start going direct to consumers with unedited photos because it devalues the, all the other things they do. So this, this two-sided market doesn't, people are like, well, what's, aren't you worried about that? And I'm really not worried about that. Will it happen? Sure. I'm sure it will. But the majority, it, I'm not worried about it. So it's really beneficial for the photographer. There's no risk. They can take jobs when they want. They make 80% super quick. There's no editing. It's, you know, it's a couple hours of their day. And what does the vetting process look like for those photographers? So you must have a professional camera. You must have a social media or website dedicated to photography. You must have things like a working cell phone, reliable transportation. You know, there's this kind of checklist of things, but we don't want people who are just showing up and using their iPhone. Not to say your iPhone doesn't have a great camera, but we right now are starting with photographers that have some experience. Maybe it's just a side hustle right now. Maybe they're not getting paid for their photography, but they have it as a side hustle and they have their social media account and they have pro equipment. They could still come on board. Got it. We take all levels. We take someone who's been doing it for 15 years and someone who's been doing it for one year. Right. This episode is brought to you by Full Stack PEO. Most founders start companies because they figured out a better way to solve a problem or serve a need, not because they love tracking payroll, filling out compliance forms, and explaining employee benefits packages. And yet, all that stuff still has to be done. That's why there's Full Stack PEO. Full Stack PEO specializes in turnkey HR for emerging companies, not just those core services, but advice and expertise that help founders maximize employee potential. Curious? Find out more at fullstackpeo.com. When you envision this business five years from now, I'm less, in, and I know you're not, but I'm less interested in about the geographic expansion uh, and what that in, what that entails. But I'm a, I'm a little more interested in, about like the product offerings and and how you think they evolve, both as you scale, but but also as you know maybe the business model becomes a little bit more accepted by the photographer community, like. When, when you envision this not, you know, when you're out of MVP mode and, and this thing is really humming, what's different between today and then out again, outside of just like, you know, basic scale? Yeah. yeah so we're going to be, you know, on an app. We're going to be truly on demand right now. Like I said, we, we do ask for 72 hours. We can turn it around quicker. If someone was like, I need something tomorrow, you know, we can do it, but it's just not what we we're doing yet. But so, you know, fully on demand, app based, and ideally, maybe even some sort of subscription model of some kind. So get someone buy a package and get a, a photo session once a quarter or something, you know, because people do have these milestone moments, like four times a year, they, you know, so, so that would be the goal too, is to get people to, well, we do have repeat customers, get people thinking about this more long-term and ways to use it, to integrate it in, in more ways throughout their life. So I think those would be the three biggest things. People ask me, will we offer edited photos? And as of now, the answer is no. And I'm really clear on that. And I'm really true to that. You know, what we're planning on adding video. So we will do a similar model with videography. 
I'd say those are, you know, those would be what I'm looking forward to on the horizon. Got it. Have you had any events yet where you've deployed multiple photographers to the same event? Yeah, we did. We had a um, couple. So we do, you know, we do B2C, but we also do B2B. And, And ultimately the B2B we do gets us to the C, which is the goal. But for example, there's this there was this co-working space, unfortunately, due to COVID, it's not going to reopen, but it was, it's called the Riveter. They're national. They have co-working spaces around the country, um, kind of built by women for women, but all inclusive and inclusive of, of everyone, but, you know, built on this female founder foundation. And so they, they launched in Denver and we deployed two photographers to do their full launch party. So what's interesting is when you think of your golden at like this launch party, for example, you have to think of it as we're not there to take photos for the event planner. We can, 100% we can. And did we? We sure did. You know, we took photos of the DJ and the food and the signage, things like that, that they'd want for their marketing materials or reference or social media, right? Whatever. But what's more important for our business and what messaging we want to get across is like, we're actually there for the attendees. We're there to capture the attendees experience. So then within 24 hours, you can send your guests this photo album of high quality images that they'll end up posting. They'll end up tagging you using your hashtag you know, and so basically for this really, really affordable option, you're going to get all this user generated content and like organic engagement on social media because we're supplying them with these amazing photos that they're going to want to post. So we send a couple of photographers out when it's things like that, like where we do want to be there for the event or for the people who hired us to get specific things for them, but also capture the attendee experience. When you reflect back on the process over the last couple of years of building and launching this business, what's your biggest win? You know, I don't think it's I don't think it's one win specifically. I think it's looking back where I'm at today. I, I can't believe that I've that, that I've built this this business really like, you know, on my own. So so it doesn't feel like it's one thing. It just feels like wow, like this, this idea that I really was passionate about and I went for, like, it's happening, you know, I'm doing it. Like it's, it's already got, it's done. It's not done, but it's up and running. And so, you know, it doesn't feel like one big win to me. It just feels like it's all blends together and it just feels really, really good to, to know that like, I have to remind myself, like, you're capable of this. You're capable of anything, you know? So I don't know. One thing doesn't stand out. What's been the biggest challenge? Solo entrepreneurship. I don't know what it's like to have a co-founder. You know, I'm uh, I'm single. I have a dog. He's great, but he doesn't contribute at all to the business. <laughs> so I'm this... I'm this, you know, solo entrepreneur living alone, you know, feelings of isolation, feelings of 
you know, who you don't really have a sounding board. Am, am I doing this right? Does this make sense? You know, what do you think? You just don't have that luxury. You don't have backup. You don't have someone who you can be like, ah, listen, I was, we were supposed to go to this. I was supposed to go to the event tonight. I can't make it. Can you? So solo entrepreneurship is the biggest challenge of my life, not just this business. (laughs) Have you found any communities in in Denver that are helpful with that? And they're not going to run your business. And I know it's not you know, it, it, it's not going to solve all the problems, but it does at least give you a place where you can have some cathartic conversations and, um, and you know, potentially get a little bit of air cover from time to time. Did, have you found any strong communities there that you can lean on? Yeah, Denver has like an amazing startup community. We just are coming off of Denver Startup Week and it was all virtual and they had huge, huge people come and uh, be a part of Denver Startup Week. So I'm part of the startup community. Um, you know, I was I did an accelerator program, not a really a traditional accelerator program um, that, you know, connected me with other entrepreneurs that are kind of in the same phase as I am. And I'm part of uh, women's networking groups. And yeah, so like I've, I'm definitely getting involved and looking, you know, talking about the business, looking for mentorships, asking my cohort questions. The challenge with that is sometimes, and more often than not, what I've found is that people want to be really helpful and, and you can appreciate that, but it ends up and it ends up not always being helpful. So, so, so like, so like I just got a couple weeks ago, I was on the phone with a mentor Um, I had just met her. She kind of agreed like through this program, we get paired up. Like uh, after an hour and a half on on the phone with her, I was like, oh my goodness, I, that just wasn't really worth it for me. So I said like, gosh, this sounds like a Debbie Downer and I'm an unappreciative. And I don't mean that at all, but it's interesting. Like, I know exactly what you're saying. When you're an entrepreneur, like you really have to know who who you want to hear from, who's going to give you honest information. So it's not like you're only going to people who are going to tell you what you want to hear, but you've got to trust these people. You've got to know them. You've got to have some form of like what they tell me means something to me. Right. Uh, you may have never thought about this before, so but I'm, I'm going to ask it anyway. What do you look for? Have you Have you figured out or do you have heuristics for when you're evaluating whether you want somebody to kind of speak into your life or speak into your business, what's going to potentially make them a good fit to do that? Yeah. I'm people who, someone who I know has some like grit and resilience, someone who I know who's been through something like I've been through, no one's going to have the same journey. Right. But can relate to the logistical part of running a business and starting up. And so there's these people who, you know, can come up with ideas all day. I can come up with ideas all day. Um, (laughs) Right. And they just want to tell you, Oh, you should do this. Have you thought of this? Well, what about that? It's like, I think about this business nonstop. Of course I've thought about all that, but you, so talking to people who understand like what it actually takes to get it done and aren't just throwing these big ideas at you. Right. Like what are, what are some quick ways 
that you've identified to filter those people out. So that it so it could be as simple as well, they were past startup founder, they've done it before, versus you know they they were middle management at a Fortune 100 company, and so yes, they accomplished a lot, but they had pretty big teams and lots of resources to do it. Right. Right. Like, exactly. That's exactly right. It's either it's either I'm looking for people who have started up in a similar situation, you know, didn't just get backed by a VC or an angel or something right off the bat, right? Like, so knowing that someone kind of had a similar startup experience to me is like, okay, great. Yeah, I want to talk to them and hear more about it. Or someone who, well, like, for example, a mentor of mine started up his business. Gosh, how long ago is this? I don't know, 15 years ago. So now he's way at the top, right? Like he built this amazing company and is not doing the nitty gritty anymore. But he did it at one point and he gets it and he's not so far removed or forgot like how things work, but he has a different vantage point. So when I'm talking to someone who's like up and coming or maybe, you know, they're five years in or three years in and like they can really relate to the trials and tribulations I'm going through. That's one perspective that I trust and can, you know, listen to. But then there's also like this other mentor of mine who is a little bit further removed, but has built this like successful business from the ground up and has a different vantage point, even though they were a startup at one point, like they're so far from a startup now. So I sometimes mentor startup founders. What if you were going to give me advice on how to make those relationships more productive? What would you say? I think asking questions is better than sometimes, you know, offering advice or trying to help just sometimes feels like doesn't it's not as productive. And so if you ask a question like, have you thought of this? Or why didn't you do this? Or what made you do that? So you're, in, so you're imparting your opinion, like saying, was there a reason why you didn't hook up a credit card in the e-commerce process? Okay, that would never be a thing. But, <laughs> you know, when you ask a question, like you're basically, you're kind of saying, hey, you should have done this. Right. And I want you to think about it. And if you did think about it, I want to know why you decided not to do it rather than just saying, hey, you should have done this. Like there's always going to be a story behind it. I mean, not always, but if a founder, if a startup founder is smart, is passionate, is doing their work, doing the research, they should have educated reasons behind their decisions. So like, hey, why didn't you put a navigation bar at the top of your website, like that standard operating procedure. I'm wondering like, why didn't you do that? And they could be like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. Great. I'm getting that done. Or, hey, here's why. I think asking the question just gives the entrepreneur the opportunity to explain before you just make the assumption that they didn't know to do it. And and so the alternative there would be a mentor coming in and saying, okay, I took a look at your site. I think if you really want to get to the next level, you need to add a navigation bar. You need to add credit cards, not just PayPal for checkout. You need to add, right? And and basically just rattling off a list of to-dos. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I think going You have going people do in, that to you? 
I mean, not I'm probably not so black and white, right? But like when I think about this, when I think about this conversation I had a couple weeks ago, that was an hour and a half. It was just kind of like you should do this and do this and go here and do that. Interesting, yeah. And uh, you know, but it's interesting too because a lot of people have opinions. And they like to give their opinions. People like to talk about themselves and why they think these opinions. So, yeah, I mean, I maybe you're right. Maybe this is how you're already approaching it. Yeah. And I'd say most <laughs> mentors, <it's> <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, just basically, you know, not making assumptions that like what they've done is wrong and that they didn't think about it. Yeah. Like people ask me all the time. So are you going to do edited photos? It's like, oh my gosh, no, I'm not. <laughs> Anyhow, the questions I think are helpful. Awesome. Thanks for that diversion. Uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. All right. Uh, I've kept you too long. If people want to get a hold of you or if they want to learn more about You uh, Are Golden, what's the best way for them to do that? So our website is the letter U, the letter R, golden.com. And we're most active on Instagram. And so that's just the letter U, the letter R underscore golden. I'd say those are the best places you can sign up for our newsletter on the website and you can follow us on Instagram. Awesome. Sydney, congratulations on the success you've had. It is a lot to do on your own as a side hustle in a pandemic. So, you know, you got that going for you. Congrats. Uh, and uh, please keep me up to date uh, as things grow. We can't wait to welcome you guys to Indianapolis. Thanks so much, Michael. It's been fun. It's been really fun talking to you, and I appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you so much. If you're thinking of launching a SaaS product, startup competitors can provide data on your closest competitors, survey potential users, or provide other product validation services. Learn more at startupcompetitors.com.